Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Now, uh, I'm sure some of you are aware that my dad comes to uh, Tikvat Israel regularly, probably about once a month or so. And what you may not know is that he actually gives me advice and uh, he critiques uh, my sermons as well. Um, and most of the time his critiques are very helpful. So he'll say something like, um, you know, you know, David, that, that was a pretty good sermon. Um, I give it a B plus, you know, but, but you want to include some kind of, some kind of action uh, that people can, can grab onto. Isn't, isn't Yeshua also about, about actions? And uh, to which I'll say something like, uh, you know, Dad, um, uh, Scripture does say in the book of Yaakov, uh, also called James, uh, in chapter 2, verse 26, that faith without works is what? Is dead, right? So I agree, Dad. Well, I, I will try to give some kind of directed action that we can do based on our Yeshua faith, because it's not just about faith, it's also about works. It's about what we do. And then I'll say something like, and Scripture also says in Exodus 20, verse 12, and in other places, to honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long upon the land which Adonai, your God, is giving you. So that means, Dad, that I have to listen to what you say. You know, I, I could take it with a grain of salt, perhaps, but, uh, you know, I have to evaluate your critiques. To which my dad will say something like, you know, I'm starting to like this Torah. Yeah, it's, it sounds pretty good, right? <laughs> so in the interest of uh, making our faith relevant, I'd like, to, uh, I'd like us to begin with a video uh, if possible. This is from an organization which is doing good work based on faith. And I came across it this week as I was preparing for the sermon. And hopefully you will see uh, how it connects to this week's New Covenant Parsha in John chapter 7. And uh, maybe you will even be inspired to take action in partnering with this very cool organization. Um, so, uh, so yeah, maybe it'll inspire you. Just a brief note uh, in the video, this organization is within the community of the historic church. So you will hear language like Jesus instead of Yeshua and Christ instead of Messiah, as we usually render them here in our community. But I want to just encourage us to listen beyond the language differences and to the message underneath. Do you think we can we can do that, extend that uh, understanding. I'm seeing some nods over here. Yes, nods. Okay, good. All right, so if, if we can play it, uh, Gordon, uh, take it away. Thank you. 
Safe water is our most basic need. The root of all human flourishing and well-being. While water is essential to life, 844 million people around the world suffer without basic drinking water service. Many people still drink from surface sources, like rivers and lakes, and others collect water from hand-dug pits, contaminated by pollutants and parasites. Dirty water makes families sick, endangers women and children, and limits the potential of entire communities. But with safe water, parents are empowered to advocate for the health of their families. Kids have more freedom to dream and play and attend school. Women have the time they need to care for their children, start businesses, and lead their communities. Churches with safe water wells become hubs in their community's collective life, bringing neighbors together to gather water and experience the love of Jesus. That's why, in communities where we work, Living Water engages with local churches. Through those relationships, we are able to communicate the gospel message to spiritually thirsty people. We believe God is calling the global church to respond to the physical and spiritual needs of our hurting sisters and brothers. Across the globe, our staff, churches, and friends like you are working together to lead gospel-centered change. Water brings us together, but Christ unites us for a greater impact. And as we share safe water and living water with those who need it most, we grow as one, deeply rooted in the love of God. Someone's uh, must be cutting onions up here or something. Uh, I'm okay. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> so essentially, uh, I think we get the idea. This organization is addressing the need of people for drinkable water. And then they're connecting that to Yeshua, who is, of course, the living water. Their actions come out of their Yeshua faith, just like how my dad was encouraging me to act. So with that, let's dive into this week's New Covenant portion in John 7, verses 37 through 39. I think we've heard it a few times this morning, but uh, it's a really good, good one. So uh, perhaps we can uh, listen with fresh eyes, and maybe we can uh, read it together. What do you think? All right? Together. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Yeshua stood up and cried out loudly, 
If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Ruach, that's the Spirit, whom those who trusted in him were going to receive. For the Ruach was not yet given, since Yeshua was not yet glorified. Now for context, when it says the last day of the feast, which feast are we talking about here? Sukkot, that's right, or or tabernacles, which happens when? Spring or fall? In the fall, that's right. Remember, this is the feast where we build booths or huts outside our homes and synagogues, and, and it's to remember when God took care of us while we were wandering in the desert. Remember, we had the, even the rock uh, that split and water came out. Um, but this festival is also connected to the idea of rain. And in the, we, th- we have to think about the ancient world for a second, right? What, what, what did rain represent uh, to them? Well, they were dependent on rain for their crops, which was their food, their sustenance. And so rain was seen as a blessing from God. They would pray for the early rains and the latter rains, which is the rainy seasons in Israel, in the land. They would pray to God uh, to to bring the rain because that's what sustained them. And and still in Israel today, you know, they, they have the same seasons, right? And there's, but there's droughts sometimes in Israel. So they're they're um, praying to God, and uh, Messianic Jewish leaders over there have, have asked us to pray, to intercede, that God would bring rain, because that is the source of life, in a sense. Um, how else does this uh, connect to Sukkot? Well, there's a really cool scripture in Zechariah 14, verses 16 through 18, that connects rain with Sukkot as well. Um, and this is what it says. Then all the survivors from the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, Adonai Tsevaot, that's the Lord of Angel Armies, and to celebrate Sukkot, right? Furthermore, if any of the nations on earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, Adonai Tsevaot, they will have no rain. If the Egyptians do not go up and celebrate, they will have no rain, no rain for you. Instead, there will be the plague that Adonai will inflict on the nations that do not go up to celebrate Sukkot. So on Sukkot, we see that there's a, there's a blessing connected with actually celebrating it. And uh, even, this even extends to the nations around Israel, right? Which means that uh, if they are recognizing Sukkot and, and worshiping the king, the God of Israel, right? Then God will bless them with rain, right? We know that Egypt and, and all, those, all those countries also depended on rain for water and for life. By the time of Yeshua and Second Temple Judaism, this association between Sukkot and, and water or rain developed into an entire ceremony. There was a water pouring ceremony um, at the temple during Sukkot. Uh, And this referenced not only the Zechariah text that we just read about rain, but other parts of Scripture they would reference, because water is a symbol in Scripture of life, right? And salvation, 
Isaiah talks about the, the waters of salvation in chapter 12. Do we, we remember this? Does it sound familiar to us? I see nods, yes, right? Okay, because water is, is, a, is a symbol of life, right? Uh, and so the following is a description of the water-pouring ceremony, and this is described in the Talmud. The Talmud is uh, not scripture with a capital S, but it is helpful for examining the history of interpretation and, uh, and practice within Judaism. And so this one gives us a sense of what uh, it would have been like, very similar to this, uh, in Yeshua's time, right? When there was a temple, and so when he spoke those words that we read, now we're getting the context. We're seeing what was happening during Sukkot at the temple. Does that sound good? So this is from the Talmud. It's called Sukkah 51 is the reference, and it describes the ceremony as it probably was at the time of Yeshua. So let's see if we can kind of imagine this in our minds. Quote, one who did not see the celebration of the place of the drawing of the water never saw celebration in his days. In other words, the celebration was the joy of joys. This was the sequence of events. At the conclusion of the first festival day, uh, which is the beginning of Sukkot, the priests and the Levites descended from the Israelites' courtyard to the women's courtyard, where they would introduce a significant repair. There were golden candelabra atop poles there in the courtyard, and there were four basins made of gold at the top of each candelabrum. And there were four ladders for each and every pole, and there were four children from the priesthood trainees, and in their hands were pitchers with a capacity of 120 log of oil that they would pour into each and every basin. From the worn trousers of the priests and their belts, they would loosen and tear strips to use as wicks, and with them they would light light the candelabra. And the light from the candelabra was so bright there was not a courtyard in Jerusalem that was not illuminated from the light of the place of the drawing of the water. So you can kind of imagine at night that these lights would illuminate the whole of Jerusalem from the, the courtyard of the temple. Sounds pretty cool, right? Be cool to go back in time and see that. All right. So then it says, the pious and men of action would dance before the people who attended the celebration with flaming torches they would juggle in their hands and they would say before them passages of song and praise to God. These were probably the, um, the psalms of, of praise. And the Levites would play on lyres and harps and cymbals and trumpets, much like we did this morning, right? Do we have any cymbals? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, on the drums. Okay, and uh, other musical instruments. The musicians would stand on the 15 stairs that descend from the Israelites' courtyard to the women's courtyard, corresponding to the 15 songs of ascents in Psalms. Those are the Psalms when it says, I will go up, songs of ascent. And upon which the Levites stand with musical instruments and recite their song. And this was the ceremony of the water libation. Two priests stood at the upper gate that descends from the Israelites' courtyard to the women's courtyard with two trumpets in their hands. The trumpets, of course, are what? The shofar, right, the ram's horn. Not like a modern, modern trumpet. When the rooster crowed at dawn, they sounded a tekiah, and then sounded a teruah, and sounded a tekiah, right? 
And the sages taught, one who did not see the celebration of the place of the drawing of the water never saw celebration in his life. One who did not see Jerusalem in its glory never saw a beautiful city. One who did not see the temple in its constructed state never saw a magnificent structure. Can you imagine what this looked like? Can you picture it in your heads? Very beautiful, right? Unquote. Um, So, returning to the Yeshua narrative. This would have been the last day of the festival of Sukkot, which is when they did the water pouring ceremony. And it would have taken place at the temple. And they take water from the pool of Salom, or also called Shaloach. And, um, and then amidst all the singing and celebration and the songs, they would pour that and sing about the waters of salvation, referencing the, the um, prophetic texts. And Yeshua, on this day, what he's doing is he's connecting himself with all of these themes, right? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is also like water, and the waters of Sukkot, which we know now is the rain of life, right? The waters of salvation and a ceremony of intense joy. And Yeshua is at the center of all of those. The Talmud says, if you've not seen the water drawing ceremony, you have not seen real joy. And Yeshua is connecting himself with Sukkot and with this Sukkot tradition, even, because he is the fullness of joy. Yeshua is the living water. So where did the rabbis and sages get the idea that Sukkot is connected to the idea of joy? Why were they so joyful? Well, Sukkot begins on the 15th day of the seventh month of Tishrei. And uh, there's something else that happens in the month of Tishrei. A lot of things, actually. What else happens in that month? On the first of Tishrei. Rosh Hashanah. That's right. I heard someone say it over there. Okay. Rosh Hashanah on the first. And then 10 days later, Yom Kippur, right? And then four days after that, Sukkot, which is what we're talking about, right? And we we would kind of think, well, you know, those those are pretty close together, right? Someone in the ministry, specifically in Jewish ministry, they might get burnt out, you know? What, what is the reason that they're, they're so close together like that? Well, um, if we think about it, the, the, the new, um, the first of Tishrei happens, what's happening with the moon at that time? It's a, it's a new moon, right? Right? Because the Jewish months are according to the moon, right? And so then it's going through, you think about it, what's happening to the moon, and then 10 days later, right? And then four days after that, and then you get to the 15th, right? What's happening then? The new year on the new moon is followed by an intense repentance and, a, and the culmination of atonement on the day of atonement. And then four days later, you have Sukkot, which is a festival of provision in the desert and the rain or the water of salvation, So Jewish festivals, they follow the moon cycle, right? We notice that the new moon, the period of repentance begins. You start to repent on Rosh Hashanah, moving toward Yom Kippur, and then you come out. And after 15 days, you have the fullness of the moon, and that coincides with the fullness of joy. 
You're coming out of repentance into forgiveness. From atonement, through atonement, to freedom, right? And the waters of life. So that's why this is a season of joy. And that's why Yeshua is the fullness of joy. Yeshua connects water and spirit, which is the personal life force of God. Remember the the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. So Yeshua is connected to the joy of Sukkot and the life-giving spirit of Sukkot and the waters of salvation on Sukkot. So when Yeshua says that whoever believes in him, that streams of living water will flow out of him in our, in our Parsha this week, what does he mean? He's referring to the waters of salvation in the prophets. For example, Isaiah 58 verse 11 says this, Then Adonai will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought, and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Doesn't that sound nice? It sounds great. But if you notice in this verse, what's there at the beginning of the verse? There's a then, which means there's something before that. What do you think is before that? There's an if. There's an if before the then. So there's a, this is conditional. So we probably should take a look at the verses before this and see what's going to cause this waters of salvation. Are you interested in that or you want to close out? You want to see the if? Isaiah 58, starting in verse 6, we'll go back a little bit. <clears throat> is this not the fast that I choose, to release the bonds of wickedness, to untie the cords of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to tear off every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you, the glory of Adonai as your rear guard. Then you will call, and Adonai will answer. You will cry, and he will say, Hineni, here I am. He will say it. Usually we say, here I am. This time the Lord is saying it. If you get rid of the yoke among you, finger-pointing and bad-mouthing, if you give yourself to the hungry, these are our ifs, and satisfy the desire of the afflicted. Then your light will rise in darkness, your gloom will be like the midday. Then Adonai will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought, strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like the Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Isn't that a great if? It's a great if. In other words, we need to be connected to the waters of salvation, not only by faith, but also by action, right? The way that we show our allegiance to King Yeshua, to the King of salvation who provides the water of life, is that we also provide that water of salvation to others. When we take care of others, when we clothe and feed and provide drinkable water, right? Like this organization, we are partnering with the King of Salvation, Yeshua the Messiah, and we are expressing our allegiance, and we are expressing 
our joy at his saving work. I spoke this week with a representative from Living Water International, which is, uh, they made the video um, that we watched. I spoke with him this week, and he told me that this year they did over 20,000 clean water projects. And he told me also about this challenge that they do. Um, They challenge uh, communities, and I thought I would share it with you and in the spirit of the verse that I just read. So what do you say? You want to hear the challenge? This is connected to the if part of uh, before the then. So he said the congregations will sometimes commit for, let's say, a week to drinking water instead of what? Soda and coffee and uh, or other less healthy beverage, right? And we'll do that for, let's say, a week. Think we can do a week? Yeah? And in other words, it's a fast, right? Just like the Isaiah text. It's a fast from unhealthy beverages that it it encourages us to think about providing clean water somewhere else on the globe, right? Clean water for others in the spirit of of the text of Isaiah, I think. And then what you do is you write down the money that you would have spent, right? I, I, I would have gone to Starbucks and spent this, uh, and I would have worked on my little hopscotch game, you know, that they have on there, but I'm not going to do that this week, and uh, I'm not going to buy that uh, Coke with my meal, and I'm going to write that down. And then at the end of the week on Friday, I'm going to add up what I would have spent, and guess what I'm going to do with that money? I'm going to buy candy? No. (laughs) I'm going to send it to Living Water International. And this is something that uh, uh, I'm going to do, and uh, I want to encourage all all of us to do. So raise your hand if that sounds like something fun you might want to try this week. All right. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you. There's no guilt, right? If you don't do it, uh, that's okay. Um, if you just want to give to them regularly, that's, that's cool too. Or if, uh, if you can't give right now, that's fine. Um, but uh, I just want to encourage us to, uh, to, to take action. Sometimes we have to take action with our faith to bless, to bless others. So um, if you go on my personal Facebook page as of right now, and then uh, probably by this afternoon, um, I'll upload it to Tikvot Israel's Facebook page. Uh, you'll see I actually started a fundraiser for this organization. So if you want to give throughout the week, um, you can go on there, and all of that goes to Living Water International. It doesn't go to Facebook. So this week, all right, let's provide clean, drinkable water for those who need it, along with the living water of salvation, Yeshua the Messiah. Amen? All right, let's pray. Abba, we thank you um, for your word. We thank you for um, your scripture. We thank you for the Talmud. We thank you ultimately and most fully for Yeshua the Messiah, your son, who you sent to bring about the salvation and um, the water and uh, who brings us uh, the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, and who brings us um, joy and uh, who brings us through um, atonement and through repentance into a season of joy and restoration. And we thank you for 
uh, the restoring work. And we pray your blessing, not only in our community, Lord, but on uh, Living Water International. We pray you bless them, especially the work um, that they're doing in Haiti, um, that you would protect the workers there, and uh, that you would enable them to, um, they've had to stop um, for, for a season because of the violence there. We pray that you bring shalom and restoration in the country of Haiti, which has suffered so much, oh God, um, that you would um, enable them to once again bring um, drinkable water to that country, but also that you would bring even more your, your living water and uh, the fullness of your peace and your shalom and your safety, which we get by trusting in Yeshua the Messiah. And in his name we pray. Amen.